1: contradictions of that which is falsely called knowledge. Church, you and I, we need to stick to the pure Word of God. Even as the Word itself declares, it's got to be, again, a a lamp to our feet, a light to our path. And in order for that to be there, you've got to turn it on. You've got to open it, okay? If it's turned off, it's not a lamp, it's not a light. It's a dust collector. It's got to be turned on. It's got to be open. It's got to be read. It's got to be studied in order that you and I know the direction that we are going.
0: Is your lamp turned on? In today's message from Pastor David, he encourages us to open our Bibles and to turn our lamps on for Christ. He warns us against false teaching and reminds us to be in God's Word daily. God's Word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. However, if we're not opening His Word, we can easily become misdirected. We need to study and read the pure Word of God so that we have the knowledge of which direction to go. Remember to turn your lamp on and to shine for Christ today. Now here's Pastor David with part two of his message, Our Call and Work of Ministry.
1: characteristics, the responsibilities are the same. Pursue these things. He says to Timothy, I want to tell you that also, church, it's for you and I to pursue these things, each one of us as a part of the body of Christ. The second point that Paul makes in this section of verses we're looking at here, he encourages the young pastor in verse 12, to fight the good fight of faith, lay hold on eternal life, to which you were also called and have confessed the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. As he tells them here to, to, to fight the good fight of faith, that's with the understanding, gang, that the enemy of our souls is continually fighting against us in our walk of faith you declare Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, suddenly the enemy is going to come after you in every way, shape, form, and fashion that he can. And he does not take holiday, amen? He doesn't work a nine-to-five job off on the weekends. No, he is there continually to be able to affect and discourage and, and distract you in any way that he can, to knock you and I off balance and off track. Is this a word just for pastors? No, church, it's a word for all of us because the battle does happen with each one of us who claim the name of Jesus. That battle will continue on for as long as we're carrying this carcass around. As we drag this carcass day in and day out, man, the enemy's gonna come after us every way that he can. Don't be fooled. Hey, the battle's over. I don't need to worry about that. Listen, the war has been won by our Lord Jesus. But there are still skirmishes and battles that the enemy will try to take you out of the joy, out of the fulfillment, and out of the completeness that you and I ought to have as believers in Jesus Christ. This idea of fighting is an active image. It's not just a singular battle that we are in. Beloved, we are in a continual skirmish, these continual attacks of the enemy. The very Greek word that Paul uses here is actually the word for agonize, to agonize. It's that constant, it's that deep emphasis. That's that idea that, man, I need to understand the enemy can attack me in any way possible. He can attack me in, man, after, a, as, as a pastor, I'm just throwing this out for you guys. Okay, this isn't for anybody else. This is just between you and me, okay? <laughs> he can attack me as a pastor after we've had a great service, And after people are moved and, man, uh, again, you you just know the Holy Spirit's been there and empowered. The enemy will come up and, oh, that's a great service you did there, David. Great job. Wow, you expounded the word so powerfully there. And suddenly, guess what? David is dealing with his pride. David is dealing with his arrogance. I know most of you don't think that I have pride and arrogance, but, uh, yeah, I, I deal with that on a regular basis, too. The battle goes on, beloved But yet at the same time, we need to understand that as we are fighting these battles, as we are standing against the enemy of our souls, we need to continually remember what? Greater is he who is in us than he that is in the world. We need to fight that battle with the full assurance that we have of eternal life that is ours, that has been given to us by grace through faith, that there was nothing that we could do, it was the gift of God, and we have this life. And even as he tells Timothy there, you have confessed the good confession in the presence of many witnesses, therefore fight that good fight of faith. We do baptisms here, and we like doing it in front of the whole church because, again, it's the beginning of a profession, a confession, a declaration of our faith in Jesus Christ. Man, I was a sinner, but I came to Christ. He cleansed me of my sin. I'm totally dependent upon him. I want to die in order that he might live through me. That's the very essence of baptism. But beloved, that cannot be the only confession of your faith. That cannot be the only declaration of your faith. You and I need to be equipped in our life with the knowledge of the Word of God in obedience to the Spirit of God to be able to declare the grace and the goodness of God whenever that opportunity avails us. Be ready both in season and out of season to give reason for the hope that is within you. Fight the good fight of faith. Walk live, and do battle in the manner in which you were called, and you were called by the power of the Spirit of God within your life. Beloved, remember, we are in that battle. The third thing that Paul tells Timothy here, These next few verses, again, it's a a powerful, it's a serious directive here of Paul to Timothy as a believer, but more importantly, even as a minister of the gospel. And Paul wraps this charge of Timothy in this beautiful doxology to the Lord Jesus Christ. What is a doxology? It's words of praise, words of praise. And in the midst of that, he gives this directive. Look what he says here in verse 13. He tells Timothy, I I urge you in the sight of God who gives life to all things and before Christ Jesus who witnessed the good confession before Pontius Pilate that you what? Keep this commandment without spot and blameless until our Lord Jesus Christ's appearing which he will manifest in his own time. He who is the blessed and only potentate, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, who alone has immortality, dwelling in unapproachable light, whom no man has seen or can see, to whom be honor and everlasting power. Amen. Right in the midst of this, surrounding this command, Paul just breaks out in these words of praise, these declarations. He surrounds the command with the praise and with the worship, toward the greatness of Jesus. And it brings about then actually an even more solemn call for Timothy to live his life blameless and spotless. And in essence, what Paul is telling him, do everything that you can do to live your life blameless and spotless, not so much because of the call of your life as a minister, as important as that is, but because the very one who called you, you are representing to the world around you. You are representing the Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, Timothy, remain spotless and blameless before the world. In other words, don't give the enemy an opportunity to blaspheme God. That was the charge that Nathan gave to David when David fell into sin with Bathsheba. And David, or Nathan came to David and says, you have given the enemy an opportunity to blaspheme God by the choices and by the actions and the attitudes you have in your life. Paul, once again, you know, in, in the midst of this, the, the the importance of it all, I believe he just suddenly breaks out in this worship. Uh, again, the, the, the Lord Jesus Christ, blessed only, potentate the King of kings, Lord of lords who has immortality, dwelling in unapproachable light, and on he goes. We, we see this in Paul's writings in several occasions. We've commented on it as we've gone through Timothy. He's already done it a couple of times here in First Timothy. One of these days we'll do a study, maybe on a Wednesday night, of just these words of praise, these declarations, these doxologies that, that Paul just seems to suddenly break out with. Why does he do that? I think because Paul is so excited about the Lord Jesus Christ. I think it just flows out of him. Now, rather, he's writing this letter, but most people believe that he was dictating the letter and there was a secretary that was writing. Can you imagine being the guy writing out as Paul is is speaking these words of directions and all of a sudden he breaks out, oh, the Lord who is blessed and and the only potentate, the King of kings, he is the Lord of lords. And you're just going, man, this guy's going off again. He's just having a worship time. He's just having this prayer, but he's writing it down. And I'm glad that they wrote it down for us to be able to look and see the heart of this man. Again, we don't know really. Is this something that just came out of Paul from the inner being, or was this actually a a song that the early church sang and he's just repeating it? I don't know, but in my heart, I kind of believe it's just an outflowing of the Spirit of God from Paul's life the blessed only potentate, the King of kings, the Lord of lords. He goes on, who alone has immortality, dwelling in inapproachable light, whom no man has seen or can see, to whom be honor and everlasting power. Amen. Because of that, Timothy, live your life spotless and blameless. Because of that, church, because he's the one who gave his life, For you and I, we need to live our lives spotless and blameless before the world. The fourth thing, along with these instructions to Timothy, now he's telling Timothy, now Timothy, you need to command these others within the fellowship. He says, Command those who are rich to not let the riches control them, but use what God has blessed them with to bring honor to the Lord. This was a command. It was not a suggestion. It wasn't like Timothy, hey, you know, you guys that are wealthy, hey, I got a great idea for you. Why don't you take the opportunity? And man, if you've got some extra funds, just use those things to glorify God. Use those things to, to help others. No, it was a command. In that sense, what he's telling Timothy, Timothy, you need to tell those that have riches, who have wealth, who are well off, you need to tell them, you need to command them. God has blessed you to be a blessing to others and to give honor to his name, not simply to build up your storehouse. And oh, he could have gone to the parable that Jesus spoke about the rich man that was just piling up and piling up until finally, thou fool, tonight your soul is going to be expected of you. No, he's telling him. no, they need to use those riches to do good, that they be rich in good works, ready to give, willing to share, storing up for themselves not bigger and better barns, but storing up for themselves a good foundation for the time to come that they may lay hold of eternal life. James tells us that every good and perfect gift comes from above, comes down from the father of lights with whom there's no variation or shadow of turning. It's from the Lord that you are blessed with these financial things. And the sooner we realize that and the sooner we become obedient to those things, the sooner we're gonna see the blessings of God in a much deeper way than the shallowness of riches. Fifth and finally, Paul ends the letter with one more encouragement to guard what was committed to his trust. Look what it says there in verse 20. O Timothy, and you can just hear the, the, the plea from the, and, and the heart of Paul here. O Timothy, guard what was committed to your trust. Avoid the profane and the idle babblings and the contradictions of what is falsely called knowledge. By professing it, some have strayed concerning the faith. It's a very, very, very unfortunate truth, gang, that even today, right now, the people of God, those who claim Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, it is an unfortunate reality that all too often and way too many of them can be swayed and drawn from the truth of God's word so quickly and so easily to follow after false teachers. How can that happen so quickly, so easily that those who proclaim faith in Christ, those who say, I believe in the word of God can be drawn so quickly into false teachings and false doctrines? It's because though they may say they believe this word, they don't know this word. They've not studied this word. Therefore, when a false teaching comes along with a little bit of truth, and mixed in with that lie, they easily fall from, oh, they're preaching from the word. They shared the scriptures this morning, but then they went off into all these false teachings, these false doctrines, and unfortunately, people get caught up in it to their own destruction. As we've gone through this message here in First Timothy, We've read how time and time again Paul warned Timothy about these false teachers, these false teachings. And beloved, that was the first century. That was only a few years after the the earthly ministry of Christ. And you know what? The enemy has now had over 2,000 years to refine his work and to impact the church with his lies and his deceitfulness. And unfortunately today, we see within the church, man, some absolute bizarre doctrines, some absolute heretical teachings that come from people and individuals who say they are believers in Jesus Christ. The doctrines of these men and women end up being profane and idle babblings. They are contradictions of that which is falsely called knowledge. Church, you and I, we need to stick to the pure Word of God. Even as the Word itself declares, it's got to be, again, a a lamp to our feet, a light to our path. And in order for that to be there, you've got to turn it on. You've got to open it, okay? If it's turned off, it's not a lamp, it's not a light, It's a dust collector. It's got to be turned on. It's got to be open. It's got to be read. It's got to be studied in order that you and I know the direction that we are going. The Word of God, again, as the, the psalmist declared, let His Word be to you more desirable than riches, sweeter also than the honey and the honeycomb. Understand that it's through the Word of God and the Spirit of God working within the Word of God that the Word tells us that we, His servants, we are warned and that in keeping them there is great reward. Beloved, never ever interpret or test the Word of God through the experiences and the Word of man. Rather, We interpret and we test the words and the experiences of man by the pure, unadulterated Word of God. Oh, he comes with a sweet song. He comes with a powerful saying. He comes with a charismatic personality. And it sounds so good. It sounds so appealing. We've got to be like the Bereans. We've got to get back into the Scriptures and see if these things are really so. Because, beloved, too many believers are falling victim to that sweet siren song, and they are falling victims to the enticing words of man and the charisma and the, the personality of man, and they do that to their own decay. It says they are straying actually even from their faith. Because some are listening more to the experiences and the word of man. They stray from the word of God. They stray from the foundation of their faith. They continue to struggle in this present world without anchor, without foundation. And many of them, even though they say they trust in Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, they walk without hope because they are not founded within the Word of God. My question to you this morning is, where are you? Oh, yeah, you're sitting here this morning. You're listening to the message, but where are you as far as the foundation of your life? Where is the strength of your life? Is it found through the Word of God and the Spirit of God, working within the child of God? Or do you think that you've got a handle on this thing called faith And now you're trying to do it on your own. Guys, there's so much deceit in the world today. My wife and I, we love grilled steak. Okay. Love it. Love it. Different kinds of steak. Grilled different ways. We're learning to appreciate it even more and more as we've learned to grill it better. As a matter of fact, I'm already salvating, thinking about (laughs) it. Lunch is soon, right? But if someone came up to me and said, David, here is, man, a nice thick steak. It's grilled, it's seasoned, it's tenderized. It's grilled just the way you want it. And oh, the smell of it's just, oh, just oh, so powerful. And they're offering to me that steak. And man, I'm ready to dig into that dude, okay? I'm ready to start chowing down. And just about the time I take that first bite, he says, oh, listen, by the way, I wanted to let you know that in that steak, there's a little bit of arsenic. <laughs> Suddenly I would put that fork back down, wouldn't I? Because it would make absolutely no sense. No matter how appealing, no matter how drawing, how tempting that stake is, if I know that within that stake there is something that will kill me, why would I even go there? But yet, beloved people, are being drawn into false religions And false doctrines, because it looks appealing, it sounds appealing, and they're drawn into it, when in reality, it has arsenic stirred all throughout it. What is our arsenic detector? Because I guarantee you, when they give you that steak, they're not going to tell you it's arsenic. We have to have an arsenic detector, don't we? To be able to say, oh, there, bing, 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 the lights go off, the bells start going. Beloved, by knowing the Word of God, that becomes your arsenic detector. By walking and being filled with the Holy Spirit, that becomes your arsenic detector. You may not know chapter and verse to be able to counterman against what they're teaching, but I guarantee you, if you're in the Word of God, if you're following and being obedient to the Spirit of God and allowing Him to direct you, He will set off the warning lights for you. The problem is, is all too many aren't listening, or perhaps they're not ready, they're not prepared, they're not equipped. Paul ends this up to Timothy. He says, grace be with you. Amen. Grace. That unmerited favor of God. His blessings and his presence upon you, even though we cannot ever deserve it. God gave his love to you and I. The the very essence of that grace is the work of salvation. The word tells us, John the Apostle, writing in 1 John, he says, in this is love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us. And he sent his son to be the propitiation, the full payment, the complete payment for our sins. I question to you this morning, do you know that grace, and have you received it into your life?
0: We're so glad you joined us today for The Open Word with Pastor David Landry. If you've enjoyed today's message and would like to listen again, just visit theopenword.com. There are several other teachings that we encourage you to download, share, and listen to anywhere you go. We know it can be hard to find time in this busy world to sit and study the Bible in depth, but we've tried to make it a little easier. Pastor David's insights into God's Word can be taken with you on the go, filling those pauses in your day with promises and truth. We're so glad we can provide these Bible studies for you through the ministry of the open Word. We'd like to ask you, though, to be a part of what we're doing here. With more information, Here's Pastor David.
1: I love being able to share the Word of God with you through this radio ministry. Radio programs like The Open Word are wonderful tools God uses to advance His kingdom here on earth. But as with any ministry, there are expenses. I know God is blessing His children through The Open Word, and God has given us a vision to see the ministry expand and reach even further. Would you prayerfully consider financially supporting The Open Word? Log on to TheOpenWord.com and simply click on the support option to help us continue to grow.
0: Thanks, Pastor David. There's much more to learn from the book of 1 Timothy, so tune in again to Pastor David's teaching on the open word.